Chapter 7, We Meet Again I finished up in the shower and got dressed for a day without training, since there was going to be a curious little boy here all day, making it difficult to swear in frustration when I didn't get something right. Once I got downstairs to the living area, with Kujo right by my side, I saw Jeff standing near the couch, looking annoyed, while Randy was entertaining Mikey. As soon as he saw me he had the biggest smile on his face, wrestling out of Randy's grip and running towards me with his arms out, Jay. I picked him up and hugged him, hey little man, how've you been? Good, he responded with the generic child answer, still smiling brightly. I missed you, Jay. I missed you too, buddy. Hey, I got some new gloves for you, just like you asked. You wanna go see them? He nodded excitedly, nearly jumping out of my arms and running towards the basement door. I nodded at Randy to go distract him while I talked to Jeff. As soon as they were both gone and the basement door closed, I looked to Jeff, so what's the excuse today? The corner of Jeff's lip curled up in a contemptuous snarl, looking at Kujo who was sitting guard behind me, almost in fear. He quickly composed himself, I have things to do. I figured Michael didn't want to sit through my business meetings or travel all day. I scoffed and shook my head, it's Mikey. You know that. Whatever. What do you want, Jade? I just wanted to say that I want you to bring him here if you have plans, because I don't want him to have to deal with that shit if he doesn't have to. Jeff shrugged, fine. Is that all you wanted? I took a deep breath to keep my anger under control, yeah. That's it. When are you picking him up? Whenever I get here, he grumbled, not even bothering to turn around as he walked out the door. Fucking prick, I growled, locking the door behind him and heading towards the basement. Mikey ran towards me as soon as I got to the bottom of the stairs, holding up his hands to show me his new gloves, look Jay. They're like yours. I smiled and knelt down to his level, they sure are. I got them just for you. They're just like the ones I use for my fights. One day I'll be a fighter just like you, he smiled at me. I looked at him closer, seeing the dark circles under his eyes and frowning, when was the last time you slept, bud? He shrugged and rubbed his eyes, I fell asleep on the couch last night but daddy made me get up early this morning so we could come here. How about a nap then, huh? Okay, he agreed easily, something I knew he'd never do unless he was exhausted. Can Kyuji sleep with me? I cringed at the nickname for my otherwise incredibly badass dog but nodded anyway, moving to take his gloves off, I'm sure he wouldn't mind. Come on, let's go get you in bed. He held out his arms and I picked him up, carrying him up the two flights of stairs to the second floor kicking open the door to one of the guest bedrooms, usually reserved for him. I set him down on the bed and grabbed a pair of pajamas I kept there for him, tossing them over to him so he could change into something comfortable while I closed the blinds to keep out the sunlight. Mikey called to Kujo, patting the bed next to him. Kujo looked to me for confirmation before trotting over and settling himself comfortably next to him. I closed the door inside. At some point I needed to smack Jeff upside the head with a brick. 
I seriously think it's impossible at this point for you to look any gayer. I rolled my eyes and put the finishing touches on my eyeliner, I'm not trying, I just love plaid, which happens to be an iconic trademark of lesbians. Purely coincidental. Cat just scoffed and left the bathroom. I looked at myself in the mirror, happy with how well I managed to clean up. I didn't even smell like weed anymore after my shower and a couple spritzes of perfume. I went out to the living area of Cat's flat, where she was, and put on my shoes. She stopped to check a text and squealed, Andre's making steaks for dinner, hell yes. Is he a good chef? I asked, tying my shoes and tucking the ends of my pant legs into them. She nodded, yeah. He makes all of Jade's meals, which is a difficult job from what Beck said. Why's that? Beck counts calories like a size-negative model, it's insane. He said it's so they can make the most of her weight or something. So she stays in her weight class, I said, remembering when Jade told me about the weight classes in MMA and why they were so important. Kat shrugged, something like that, but I guess it's so they know when to train and when to exercise or something. Anyway, are you ready to go? I nodded and stood up tucking my phone in my back pocket and following her out the door and to her car. About twenty minutes into the drive, my nerves were really acting up, and I could barely sit still. Kat looked over and grinned a bit, are you going to be okay? I'm so nervous, I admitted. I know. But remember she agreed to this, it's not that she's going to see you and kick you out. For some odd reason, that doesn't make me feel better. She rolled her eyes and turned into an extremely fancy-looking neighborhood, relax, okay? Everything's going to be fine. I looked around the addition, seeing all the mansions lining the streets, every single one screaming, I have copious amounts of money. Cat drove to the end of one street and pulled into the driveway of a large stone and glass house. Another car was already sitting in the driveway, and I looked at Cat curiously, gesturing towards the car with my eyes. Randy's car, he's usually here. I remembered Randy and was happy that I was able to see him again. Come on, Kat said, turning off the car, let's go. I sighed and followed her up the walkway to the front door, which opened before we even got there. A dog I assumed was Kujo ran out to greet us. He licked Kat's hand once before looking at me, sniffing me thoroughly. I frowned, I feel like I'm being judged. Beck, who was standing at the now open door just laughed, you're new, he's gotta memorize your scent. Cat went inside, and I followed close behind. I looked around in amazement, the house was incredibly light considering who owned it. A lot of the black leather furniture made up for the lack of darkness. To the left was a short hallway, which emitted a smell of food that made my mouth water. To the right of the entryway, there were a couple doors down a longer hallway, which led to a staircase. In the living area, there was seating that formed a sort of half-square, all around a huge flat-screen TV. In the small open area between the couch and TV, I saw Randy and a young boy, quite tall but still young-looking. His hair was dark, and he had light blue eyes, just like Jade. Just like Jade. My heart sank. I studied him closer as he laughed, trying to replicate the stance Randy was showing him. He looked just like Jade.
I didn't know Mikey was going to be here, Kat said to Beck, smiling at the little boy. Beck shrugged, his dad dropped him off this morning. Kat finally noticed how I still hadn't moved and whispered to me, are you okay? Who's he? I couldn't help but ask. Mikey? He's Jade's brother. Well, half-brother. It felt like a thousand-pound weight was lifted off my heart, and I breathed a sigh of relief. Randy stood up, walking over to me and giving me a grin, long time no see, huh? I shrugged, guess so. He laughed and pulled me into a hug, it's nice to see you again. Randy looked back at the now-curious boy, patting his shoulder and steering him towards the kitchen, let's go see how Andre's doing with dinner, huh? Kat gave me a reassuring smile before she and Beck followed as well, leaving me alone in the living room with Kujo, who still seemed fascinated with me. Only a few seconds later, someone whistled from the kitchen, and he took off running, leaving me completely alone. I took a deep breath, only to have my heart skip a few beats when I heard footsteps on the stairs. I looked to the right, and time seemed to slow as Jade rounded the corner. I always thought these scenes were so cliché in movies, but it really does feel as if time slows and your heart is about to explode when you see someone you haven't seen for so long. Someone you were so in love with, and quite possibly still could be. Her style had barely changed since I last saw her, still in her default black jeans, but now with a dark grey button-up shirt, the sleeves rolled up to her elbows. Even without shoes on, she had a good six inches on me, something I didn't recall about her. Jade's eyes met mine and I couldn't help the huge smile that overcame my face. She seemed to be standing only a few feet away in half a second's time. I threw caution to the wind and pulled her into a hug. It felt like hours before she hugged back, but in reality was probably barely more than a second. I buried my face in her neck and just cried, unable to retain any control over myself. I missed you so much. Her grip on me tightened. At that point, I cared little about anything that wasn't her. I'd been deprived of the feeling of being in her arms for so long, too long, and it truly felt as if I'd reached nirvana feeling her body so close to mine again. I missed you too. Jade. I whispered, pulling away only enough to be able to look into her eyes. I held her face in my hands, pressing my forehead against hers, repeating her name like a mantra. I'm so sorry, Jade. I'm sorry for everything. I know you hate me for what I did, but I swear I never wanted things to turn out like that. She just stood there and looked at me for such a long time, it almost felt as if she were trying to memorize every detail of my eyes. As I looked at her, I noticed a small scar on the bridge of her nose, near her left eye. Without thinking, I lightly ran my thumb over it. I didn't dodge in time, punch broke my nose, she mumbled, shrugging as if it were as mundane as a paper cut. Jade hugged me again, and I swore to myself that I'd never let her get away again. It didn't matter what life threw at me anymore, I knew what my constant was. We were both damaged so badly, but somehow, I knew it was nothing beyond repair. We need to talk about this, us, after dinner, okay? I nodded, glad she was giving me a chance to explain myself, even though I knew I wasn't deserving of it. 
She smiled and gave me an after-you gesture towards the kitchen. As soon as we walked in, Mikey ran over to Jade, who picked him up effortlessly, walking over to the stove to talk to Beck, who seemed to be writing something in a notebook. I stood next to Kat, who nudged me with her shoulder, a smug grin on her face. I blushed and whispered to her, shut up. I never said anything. Randy and another man I figured was Andre returned to the kitchen from the patio just outside. Andre was carrying a tray of steaks while Randy went over to the refrigerator, which happened to be just behind Kat and I, to grab a few beverages. What would you ladies like to drink? He asked us. We've got beer, Pepsi, or water. Pepsi for both of us, please, Kat answered without hesitation, giving me a look that offered no room for argument. He set down four beers and two Pepsis on the island countertop, opening all of the beers without the need of a bottle opener before grabbing two glasses from the cupboard and pushing them towards Kat and I along with the cans. Can you grab some apple juice for Mikey? Jade asked him. Randy went back to the fridge and grabbed a jug of apple juice along with a plastic cup with the SFC logo on it. He filled the cup about halfway with water and some ice, filling the rest with apple juice. Mikey ran over and waited for his cup to be handed to him, taking a big drink when it was. Beck and Andre were discussing what sounded like what to give Jade for her meal, while Jade occasionally snickered at them. They should know by now that Jade always eats more than they give her, Randy whispered to us, an amused smile on his face. The two finally gave up and gave Jade her steak along with a mixture of vegetables and a baked potato. Randy got the same, but both Beck and Andre offered over small portions of their steak for an extra plate that it seemed Jade was getting ready for Mikey, as the steak was cut into smaller, more manageable pieces. Kat and I split one steak, neither of us eating nearly enough to rationalize our own. The guys had gotten seated around the table near the sliding glass door, which led to the patio. Kat sat down next to Beck, while Mikey sat between Jade and Randy, leaving the only available seat next to Jade. I mouthed a simple fuck you to Kat, who just gave me her best innocent smile, dimples and all. Beck and Andre went back and forth asking me questions, I assumed to get to know me better. Among them, where do you work? I don't and where do you live? Florence. They both looked at me like I was insane. Luckily Kat came to my defense, the nice part of Florence. I didn't realize such a thing existed, Randy chuckled. I scoffed, it doesn't. Where do you live? Randy asked Kat. Near University Park. Beck grinned, though she pretty much spends all her free time in the fashion district. It feels like home, Kat shrugged. I finally looked over at Jade, who'd almost completely devoured every bit of food on her plate, only a few stray green beans remaining. I see you still eat as fast as always. I don't want it to get cold, she smirked. I thought it was because you're addicted to food. Jade looked at Mikey putting her forefinger over her lips in a shushing gesture, quiet, boy. He nodded and pretended to zip his lips and throw away the key, only to look back at his food, stare at it for a moment, then look at Jade with wide eyes, as if he were saying what have I done, making us all burst out laughing. 
Chapter 8, The Talk After dinner, Jade insisted we wait for a bit before having our talk. It was well past ten in the evening when there was an impatient knock on the front door, followed by the doorbell ringing. Mikey sat up from where he had fallen asleep in Jade's lap, rubbing his eyes tiredly and looking at her. Daddy's here, time to go home, okay? I don't wanna, he mumbled, lying back down in her lap. Jade sighed, I know buddy, but you need to or daddy's not going to be happy. She stood up, picking up the boy and carrying him over to the door, where a man I'd never seen before was standing. It was clear from the look the two exchanged that neither were at all fond of the other. I was curious who the man was, and why the two held such animosity toward each other. I'm honestly quite surprised Jade hasn't ripped his head off yet, Randy grumbled once both had gone back outside. Who is he? I asked him. Randy jerked his thumb towards the door, Jeff? Just some prick Jade's mom married after the divorce. I remembered consoling Jade for weeks after she got the announcement that her parents were splitting, around the time we were 15, but I'd never once heard of Jeff. One question remained though. Where's her mom? I immediately regretted asking, as everyone in the room seemed to take on an incredibly somber look. It seemed as if Randy was about to answer, but the front door reopened and Jade walked inside. She looked at me expectantly, and with a little reassuring nudge from Kat, I got up and followed her lead, Kujo following as well. We went down the hallway I saw to the right when I walked in the house originally and came to a split staircase that went up, turned to the left, then the rest of the way to the second floor. The stairway opened up to a long corridor with multiple doors on both sides, but one set of double doors at the very end of the hallway. Your room? I asked, pointing down to the set of doors. She smirked, I had to take the biggest room. Wait here, I need to get something from my room, but there's something I want to show you. I did as she said and waited while she went down the hallway to her room. Only a few seconds later, she came back out, closing the door behind her and going back to one locked door near where I was standing, just to my right. This door in particular stood out slightly, as it had different wood grain to the rest of the single doors in the hallway. She picked out one key from the keychain she was holding and unlocked the door. Close your eyes. I laughed a bit but did as she said. I had this addition put on soon after I moved in. It's my space, which is why it's always locked. She opened the door and I heard Kujo walk inside. I felt her hand on my lower back, gently pushing me through the door. The light coming through my eyelids got brighter as she turned on the lights in the room. Okay, she whispered, her voice surprisingly close behind me. Open them. My eyes struggled to adjust to the change in light only for a moment before I was able to look around the large room. There were windows all along the far side of the room, showcasing something I hadn't noticed before, the fact the back of her house overlooked Hollywood. To add to the beauty of the skyline view, there were skylights lining the ceiling, giving a decent view of the stars overhead, if weather permitted, which it did tonight. A very comfortable seating arrangement, similar to the one in the living area, around the windows made it quite obvious this room was just for relaxation. Jade went over to one end of the couch, stretching out and making herself comfortable, 
while Kyujo did the same next to her, lying his head in her lap. I followed her silent invitation and sat down as well with a respectable amount of distance between us. So, what's the deal with Mikey? I asked, likely too curious for my own good. Jade sighed, focusing on the hand that was petting Kyujo. My mom married Jeff around the time I turned 18. I was never particularly fond of him, since he was nothing short of insufferable to be around. So I moved in with my dad, which practically crushed my mom's heart. But since I couldn't find it in myself to make her choose, and I didn't want Jeff bothering me during my training anymore, I just left. Soon after they got married, too soon, if you ask me, my mom announced that she was pregnant. Doctors told her left and right that the risk of complications in the birth was too severe, and urged her to abort the baby to preserve her own life. I begged her not to take the chance, but she just said to me, Jade, if I'm going to die, I want to die bringing life into this world. Her one dying wish was that I made sure Mikey was going to be okay. She also made it very clear that his name was going to be Michael Lee West, so he'd have the same last name as me, something that rubbed Jeff in all the wrong ways. She always had a tendency to call him Mikey, and said that would be her nickname for him if she lived through the birth. But, she didn't. She died in labor, but Mikey was just fine. No birth defects, illnesses, anything. Perfect. I had a lot of ill feelings toward him for a while, but considering I've been the only woman in his life thus far, he spent quite a while thinking I was his mother. I wasn't going to correct him, because I knew I wouldn't be able to handle the where's my mom question, but eventually Jeff had enough and just blew up on him, yelled at him that I was his sister, not his mother, and that his mother was dead because of him. That was the turning point for me. Since then I've felt nothing but love toward him, and nothing but hate towards Jeff. Once I get my life stable enough for it, I'm going to take custody of him. Jeff's blow-up happened when Mikey was only two, and I doubt he remembers most of it, but he acts as if he doesn't like Jeff regardless. I knew how much Jade loved her mom, and it hurt to know she didn't have her anymore. I frowned, not entirely sure what to say. Jade continued speaking though, I've told Jeff multiple times that Mikey's his son, his responsibility, but it's become increasingly more obvious that he's not about to take any responsibility for him. It's up to me, I guess. I know you can handle it if you do have to take him in. Besides, think of it this way, he already loves you, and he loves what you do. It'd be an easy way for you two to relate and bond, probably a lot better than him and his father do. She smiled a bit, enough about me though, what's been going on with you? I huffed, shaking my head, the truth? It'd be safe to assume that'd be the best way to go. Well, you remember when I dropped out, right? Jade shrugged, I mean, all I really knew was that you suddenly stopped showing up. That, then. I stopped coming for multiple reasons, mostly stemming from the fact I was too depressed to get out of bed. As soon as the school system began contacting my parents about my questionable attendance, I dropped out. My parents weren't happy, at all. So I told them to give me their blessing to move out, and I'd be out of their hair. They said no, originally, so I upped the ante a bit. 
I let them find some weed in my room, left out in the open, mind you. My dad activated cot mode and searched my room, which is where he found the final nails in the coffin. Coke and, I coughed once nervously, used condoms. At that, I expected her to get pissed off and throw a fit or something. She just chuckled slightly behind a hand covering her mouth, go on. I smiled and shook my head, they let me move out after that. I just shuffled around between friends, who continuously introduced me to new drugs. Around. That time I'm pretty sure I was higher than sober, which was absolutely fine with me, kind of what I was going for. Why's that? Have you ever heard the Tove Lo song habits? She shook her head, nope. I grabbed my phone from my pocket and looked for the lyrics, handing it to her. I watched the slight movements of her eyes as she read, her eyebrows furrowing the further she got. She handed my phone back, fair enough, I suppose. So can I get the story behind why Kat borrowed 50 grand from us? I've had a system, worked out with my dealer, boyfriend of sorts, and personal abuser, and I thought it was sufficient. Suddenly he gave me this ridiculously unobtainable number and said he wanted it within a month, and I panicked. That one morning Kat was losing her shit screaming at Beck about how you might be dead, why? I shrugged, looking out the window, Kat knows about the relationship Stephen and I had, and probably assumed he hurt me, rather than me hurting myself, which was the actual case. What did you do? She asked quickly. From the tone of her voice, it was clear that she didn't actually know what happened. I had one of my, uh, breakdowns, and looked at a needle full of heroin and thought oh what a brilliant idea and it wasn't, really. Jade didn't take her eyes off of me for at least 30 seconds of tense silence. Why are you doing this to yourself? I deserve it, I answered without even thinking. I don't deserve anything good after what I did to you. As much as I'd be inclined to agree with that, considering the mindset I had for a good three years, I want your side of things. To this day I still don't know why you left. I mean, was I really that bad? I laughed in spite of myself, highly amused that through it all, she still had the heart to joke about it. I shook my head and picked my next words carefully, and to prove that I was being genuine, I made sure to look her in the eye as I spoke. Jade, I understand that my words have zero to no credibility anymore, but if you're to believe anything I ever say, believe this, what we had was real. I meant it with my entire heart and soul every time I told you I loved you, and that last night we spent together was the best night of my life. Nothing, and I mean nothing, that happened was your fault. So why did you leave? This is a long shot, but do you possibly remember only a few minutes after we finished, I cringed at my atrocious word choice, that I got a text? Jade seemed just as amused by my wording, yeah, you looked at it then seemed off afterwards, what was it? It was a text from my mother, god I still remember what it said. She told me how her good friend Lynn's daughter came out as a lesbian, and how embarrassed her mother was. That's fine, I never really knew them and it didn't affect me much. But she ended the text with, so glad my girls are normal, hugs and kisses, and I lost it. Her face registered realization and she nodded, but stayed silent. 
I sighed, I waited until you were asleep, got dressed, and left. I called my sister for a ride, and considering she picked me up from your house, and my hair all but. Screamed sex, she looked at me once and said you got the text too, didn't you? I told her I did, and I cried the whole way home. She stayed with me that night, but I just kept crying. I'm sure you remember that was a Saturday night, and the next day I just sulked in my bedroom. Come Monday, I got all my seating changed so I wasn't near you, in some hopes that suddenly I'd stop being in love with you, and be the perfect little straight girl my mother wanted. I tried so hard, but eventually seeing you almost every day was too much, and I couldn't do it anymore. That's when I stopped going and eventually dropped out. And that was when you started doing drugs, she continued knowingly. How's that for a sob story? I laughed humorlessly. Jade shrugged, I've heard better. I'm not going to say what you did was okay, but if it's any consolation, I at least get why you did it. I mean, I spent so long thinking you hated me. Originally I thought you just needed some time to yourself, but I sat on the side and waited for you to come back, but you never did. The broken tone of her voice nearly crushed me. Tell me though, she continued out of nowhere, catching me off guard, was it worth it? Leaving you? She nodded. No, not at all. Haven't gone a day without beating myself up over it, or letting someone else beat me up for it. My parents hate me anyway, so basically I ruined my life over nothing. So what made you come back? It's impossible to say no to Kat. I didn't want to, honestly. I never wanted to bring up something that you could have been over, already moved on, I sighed and shook my head, had someone else. She nearly snorted at that, you say that as if I haven't tried. Believe me, I have. But it's so incredibly difficult to find a meaningful relationship when your subconscious compares every person you see to the only other person you actually had a connection with. Resorting to sex is pretty sleazy, but it was the only choice I had, really. That statement made my heart ache, though I knew I was in no position to feel indignant. She had every right to do whatever she could to move on, I knew that, but the thought of her with someone else still hurt. I didn't realize how long I'd been silent until she spoke up again, so if you don't like this guy, why are you still with him? Getting away from him really isn't in the cards at this point. Even if he were to suddenly be fine with me leaving, there's still the fact I'm addicted to drugs, and any other dealer I know of is at least in some way associated with him. Why don't you quit? She asked, looking at me seriously. I shrugged and picked at a loose stitch on the inseam of my jeans. I don't really know how to live without drugs at this point in time. It's scary to think about a life where I don't have those moments of complete euphoria, where I don't feel pain. What does it feel like? The high? It was a weird question coming from her. I'd gotten that question so many times from others, which was typical, hell, even Kat asked soon after we met. But from a professional athlete, it was completely out of left field. I bit my lip and decided to formulate something better than my usual answer, which involved endorsing the hell out of whatever product the person was interested in, simply to get them into the trade as well. Ultimately, to profit Stephen. It's comforting, I started, 
forcing myself to look at her as I spoke, as much as my anxiety willed me to look anywhere else. The high isn't like people usually think, all giggles and stupid words. For me, the first time I ever got high, and probably one of the most intense highs I ever had due to my utter lack of tolerance for the drug. I was lying in a bed at a friend's house and she gave me the first injection of heroin. I lay back after that and closed my eyes. It was like I was sinking into the bed, there was nothing but comfort surrounding me. There were even brief moments when I felt like my body was moving on its own. Sometimes it was like I was dreaming while awake when I closed my eyes, seeing vivid recollections of things that made me happy. That part is my favorite, I think, because sometimes it feels so real. What kinds of things did you see? Like I said, things that made me happy. More often than not, I found myself back in your bedroom, reading some book I'd picked up. I never can make out the words, but it seems like that book is everything until I hear you make some offhand comment about someone's stance, or a move they messed up, or something in regards to whatever fight you were watching at the time. The picture would clear up in my mind until I could feel your fingers playing through my hair or your arm wrapped around me, and the usually left portion of your body against my back, since your dominant hand was always so busy with your phone or the remote or something. I chuckled as I remembered her overly passionate declaration of how she adored my company, but had needs, which mainly consisted of electronics. Just those moments when I was at peace, mentally and physically. She had a quiet smile as she looked back at me fondly, probably remembering those times as well. So that's why you do it. I nodded, that was the intent originally, and sometimes even still, whenever I get a quiet moment. Otherwise, it's just to feed the addiction. What if I helped you quit? My brows furrowed in confusion, how? Jade shrugged passively, you could stay here, get away from Stephen, live in a drug-free environment and be safe. I couldn't ask you to dash. You're not asking, I'm offering. The offer was tempting, extremely tempting, but she didn't know what she was getting herself into. I shook my head. I can't let you put yourself in danger like that." She sat up, annoying Kujo enough that he trudged over to lie on the floor near the windows. Jade almost looked amused, out of the people who live here most of the time, any one of us is entirely capable of holding our own in a fight. There's not a whole lot for us to be afraid of. I hated to say this, but I knew there probably wasn't any other way of deterring her. I really doubt all the MMA in the world could stand against a group of men with no lack of firearms. From the look on her face, I knew she assumed I was declining for an entirely different reason, as the rejection was clear as day. She quickly shook her head, just think about it. I nodded, not wanting to do any further damage. Jade shifted the conversation to something easier, did you guys plan on staying here tonight? Cat probably was. I just planned on going with whatever she did. I sighed and looked at my phone to see the time. It was clear that since we hadn't left by. Now, we weren't going home tonight. I looked up at Jade and spoke without even thinking, what do you say we start over? Be friends, or whatever. Jade raised an eyebrow, the corner of her mouth twitching in amusement at the incredibly awkward way I presented the question. She nodded 
her smile turning into something more genuine, I'd like that. Chapter 9, Sensory Overload Tori I was nudged out of my sleep by someone whispering my name, multiple times. Tori I grunted and rolled over to face the wall, lying there for a fraction of a second before I realized the bed I was in felt different from the one I usually slept in, mainly because it was comfortable and didn't smell like smoke. After my mind cleared up enough to figure out my surroundings, I recognized Kat's voice as the one waking me up. I ran my fingers through my hair tiredly and yawned, where am I? Hell. You died. Satan decided to give you a comfortable bed for your first night. I snorted, that's entirely likely, but you're way too sweet to come to hell with me. She giggled and pulled on my arm, urging me to get up, come on, Andre made breakfast and it's to die for. At that, I remembered the events of the previous night, in which I had reunited with Jade. I smiled and relented, getting out of bed and stretching extensively. Beck said we shouldn't really be here today, so you're going to eat breakfast, and we'll go back to my place to get changed and then go shopping. I picked my phone up off the nightstand and looked back at her, why can't we be here? Jade's got her way in tomorrow and she's eight pounds over, so there's going to be, and I quote, some Jenny Craig shit going on all day. I chuckled and followed her out of the room I was staying in, which, even being a guest bedroom, was ridiculously nice. The early morning light shone through the windows, illuminating the house in a way it wasn't last night, allowing me to observe it a lot closer. The room I had stayed in was near the lounge room I had noticed the previous night. Kat pointed down the hallway towards the double doors, I assume Jade told you that's her room? Yeah, we went in. I stopped and looked around before pointing to the black door, that room last night. She nodded, I haven't seen that room yet, no reason to I guess. Anyway, that's Andre's room, and that's Beck's room, she pointed towards the door nearest Jade's room on the right, and the one next to it, across the hall is Mikey's room, which you can probably figure out due to his name being painted on the door, and the room Randy always stays in is right next to it. There's four other guest bedrooms besides the one you were staying in, then there's Jade's special room which probably has a huge pentagram on the floor for her to summon Satan for tea. I laughed and shook my head, she likes coffee, not tea. Whatever, she mumbled a smile on her face. She led me out to the main room of the second floor, which I could now tell was set up almost like a bar. It didn't take me more than a second to figure out this was probably where they had all their parties. A bar accented the far wall, with two fairly large TVs on the walls, one with the Xbox consoles, and the other with PlayStations. Come look at this, Kat grabbed my arm and pulled me over to one where she pulled out one game, there's another copy of this downstairs, but it's the SFC official game, which features pretty much everyone on the roster. Jade's in this one, and she loves to play as herself every time, it's hilarious. I rolled my eyes, knowing Kat's claim was completely true, considering Jade's personality. Seems like the parties would be really loud, I commented, noticing the stereo system up against the wall opposite the one with the bar. They are, but all of the bedrooms are soundproofed. I can't hear the music from rooms where it matters, like Mikey's. Come on, let's go eat. 
Kat and I made the long trek downstairs and to the kitchen, where Andre was standing near the stove with Beck. They both offered us a short greeting before turning back to what they were doing. Randy was the more talkative of the three, smiling at us as he set out two plates of food for us, how are you two beautiful ladies this morning? Great, thanks Randy, Kat smiled back, sitting down and digging right in. I sat down beside her and sighed happily, I haven't slept that well in quite a while. He finished up his own food and stuck the plate in the sink, sitting back down with us, I heard you were going shopping today? Yep, figured I'd give her a chance to get some, Kat nudged me lightheartedly. Andre set down a plate piled with enough eggs and sausage to feed a group of people, making both Kat and I chuckle, how many people are you feeding? Just one, despite what it looks like. She eats enough under normal circumstances, Randy answered our unspoken question, but especially when she's got to cut the weight quickly. Isn't that a little counterintuitive? Kat asked. He shrugged, typically. But on days like these, she has almost twice as much protein as normal to make sure she isn't burning muscle. Is she up yet? Been up since dawn, should be back from her run soon, Randy said, grinning as only a second later, we heard the front door open and Kujo run inside. He was in the kitchen in no less than two seconds, sitting on the floor near two metal bowls. Andre tossed a couple pieces of sausage and some scrambled eggs into a dish for him. I made the mistake of taking a sip of my orange juice right as Jade walked into the kitchen, still breathing heavily. When I saw that what she was wearing was a tight pair of shorts and a sports bra, I very charmingly started to choke on my drink. She looked over almost as if she knew exactly what was going on in my head, a smirk firmly on her face, would have thought by now you learned how to eat. Cat smacked my back a few times, trying to keep from laughing. I finally got myself under control and spoke to Jade, my voice hoarse from nearly hacking up a lung, I'm fine. Sounds like it, she teased, sitting down next to Randy and digging into her food. How much did you run? Beck asked her. Jade looked at him with a glare, probably at the fact he waited until she had a mouthful of food to ask. Instead of speaking, she held up ten fingers, then put down five to signify fifteen. He grunted, I told you to run ten. She did run ten, Randy defended her, just with five extra. Anyway, it's not exactly a new thing that she isn't listening to you. Jade West, I've told you numerous times to stop showing off. You're making the other children feel bad. I quoted our old gym teacher in the best southern accent I could muster. She must have picked up on the reference because she was chuckling as well. She swallowed her mouthful of food and held up a finger, my favorite was when we had to climb that rope wall, and I was like the fifth person back, and ended up just Tarzan ang up that bitch in like two seconds. Mr. Riley was not happy. You were his favorite student, but following rules has never been your strong suit. Speaking of which, he came to visit me down at the gym the other day, told me how impressed he was, blah blah blah. Pretty cool seeing him again though. Yeah? I asked, taking a sip of my orange juice, I've been wanting to see Mrs. Schultz again. Jade looked curious, is that how you say her name? Never been able to get that. 
Riley mentioned her once, I think they're friends. I'll ask him if he stops by again. I smiled but Beck spoke up before I could say anything, Jade, we're gonna head over to Baldwin Hills around 9 for some more endurance training, other than that we're meeting Kyle at Pierre's MMA gym at 3. Sounds as strenuous as our activities, you know, walking around the district all day, super tiring. Anyway, Randy, do you have anything to do with that gym? You know since your last name is… Pierre? Surprised it took you this long. Yeah, my father opened the gym when I was three years old. Is that how you two met? Randy nodded, sure is. Jade signed up when she got a referral from her vice principal. According to her, it was either that or a stretch in the juvenile detention center. Of course as soon as she stepped into the place she found her calling. I saw her training one day and was incredibly impressed, having trained her myself ever since. Jade seemed to be too involved in her food to reply any further, so I picked up from there, she's been doing this kind of thing since she was five, officially. Of course there was that time when she was handing her teddy bear's ass to it. She gave me the scariest glare I'd ever seen, though it did nothing but make me laugh. She's one of a kind, to be sure, Randy agreed. Okay so there's one thing I've always wanted to do, Kat spoke up as soon as we walked into my apartment to grab some more clothes for myself. I tried to hide my grin, I'll give you the chance to finish that sentence. She groaned, following me into my bedroom, I'm serious. All right, all right. What do you want to try? Weed. Oh no, I stood and held up a hand, I will not let you get into the same shit I do. Cat sighed, what would change your mind? Because I'm fairly certain I won't be getting addicted. I shrugged and opened up my closet to grab some shirts, I'm gonna go straight up 50's housewife on your ass and say I want to hear your boyfriend give you permission. Why? Because Cat, if he says it's okay, if the others find out, then we have one vouching for us. If he doesn't know and they find out, you wanna stop to think how that'd look on me? I shook my head at her deeper frown, you're damn straight I'm being selfish. I just got Jade back, you'd be out of your mind to think I'd do anything to mess it up now. I understand where you're coming from, she mumbled, checking the time and pulling her phone out of her pocket. I heard Beck's voice through the speaker while I was sorting out the buttons on one flannel shirt, hey babe, what's up? Hey I've got a question for you, and please hear me out before you get upset. I chuckled silently and gave her a thumbs up at her choice of words. She flipped me the bird. Okay, what's on your mind? Would you be okay with me smoking weed with Tori tonight? He was silent for a long time, even the background noise stopped, and Kat just stood there holding her phone with an apprehensive look on her face. Why? It took every bit of my willpower not to laugh when his reply out of nowhere made Kat jump in surprise. I just wanted to try it, to be honest. I've heard pretty much nothing but good things about it. All right. Call me in the morning? Wait, you're okay with it? I didn't know about Kat, but I was starting to get uneasy about the lack of background noise. I knew from experience that nearly every time she called him, there was something going on in the background, but now, nothing. 
From what she said, I'd guess Tori knows her way around drugs, so I figured she'd know how to take care of you if anything went wrong. Plus, I'm not going to be that guy. Why did you ask my permission anyway? Busted. Tori said she wasn't going to let me, or give me the means to, unless I had your permission. I guess so I have a second opinion and don't do something stupid and impulsive. Fair enough. Well, will you be watching the way in tomorrow? He moved on fairly easily from the topic, and I just shrugged at her odd expression. I went over to the nightstand and grabbed the box I kept under it, opened the lid and grabbed a small bag of weed before closing it and returning the box. Yeah, what time is it on? Kat was satisfied and moved on from the topic as well. It starts at 7 but since Jade's on the main card she probably won't be on until 8 to 8.30. We'll watch it, definitely. Cool. I'll let you go, call me in the morning, okay? Kat followed me back out into the living area where I grabbed a few extra things and stuffed them into my bag. She hung up and looked at me, are we ready to go then? I stopped, eyeing a couple wine glasses carelessly discarded on the kitchen counter, remembering one of the few nights in which Stephen was actually nice, romantic, even. What's wrong? This feels weird, I mumbled, moving on from the glasses and looking around my dingy apartment. She looked confused, what does? I shook my head, this whole thing. Being happy. This is all I've known for the past few years, I've resigned to not being happy with my life. Suddenly everything took a 180 and things are almost perfect. Almost? She asked, nudging me with her shoulder. I don't know how to leave it behind, I confessed, hanging my head, I'm in deep and I don't know if I can even leave Stephen without it blowing up in my face. I need you to do something for me, Kat whispered, making me look up at her, you need to go to someone about this. I'll bet anything Jade will protect you until her dying breath, but she isn't the police. I shook my head and stepped away from her, I can't. Her face fell, why? He will find me if I go to the police. If he's arrested he can't get to you. I closed my eyes and didn't respond, simply mumbling a quiet, let's go. This feels so weird. Kat muttered, handing the joint back to me. The best part is listening to music, I grinned, blowing some distorted smoke rings. I stood up, heading over to the laptop near the TV, opening up my laptop to my playlist and starting the instrumental version of Coldplay's Paradise. Just lay back and listen to this. Kat did as she was told and relaxed, listening as the music began to fill the room from the speakers attached to the laptop. It only took about 30 seconds for Kat to whisper, Wow. This is kind of incredible. I sat back down next to her, putting my feet up on the coffee table, this is pretty much how I spend every night. Surprisingly, it's not as fun as it seems. Tell me something. I assume you want to know something in particular, I mumbled, folding up a small piece of an old business card. In a perfect world, how does this story end? I sighed, you know, when your life has no meaning for so long, it's difficult to think what you would do if you had a chance. Kat looked at the now burnt out joint and sighed, tossing it into the ashtray and taking a sip of her wine, 
Things are looking up though, aren't they? The future influences the present just as much as the past. Honestly, I think that's what scares me. What's that? Nietzsche? I nodded, handing the newly rolled joint to her. She held it between her lips and I lit it, sitting back and watching the flame on the lighter. What is it about the future that holds you back? The uncertainty. I'm terrified of what would happen if I left Stephen, I have no idea how to live without drugs, and Jade doesn't trust me. Kat looked confused, how do you know she doesn't trust you? Come on now, if you were in her place, would you trust me? No, probably not. I pointed at her, and that's why. I know any rational person wouldn't trust me right away, and I know I'll have to earn it. I just don't know how. Let's say, hypothetically, that she trusts you completely and everything will go perfectly, how would this play out? I sighed heavily and thought for a bit. I wasn't sure what it was that I wanted. All I knew is that I didn't want to mess anything up. One thing I did think of, I want to live on my own. Why would you want that? Especially with everything going on. I've never lived alone. It's always been with someone. I just want to know what it's like to live on my own, fending for myself, you know? Cat frowned, I just don't think it's a good idea. I can't live in fear for the rest of my life. She just grunted. What channel is it on? 175, Beck just texted and said they're next. I tossed the remote at Cat, laughing as she didn't even notice until it hit her. I finished up pouring our drinks and sat back down next to her, watching two of the male fighters leave the stage. Next up, we have our main event of the night. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the challenger, Jessica Zeno. A woman walked up onto the stage followed by two to three men, her trainers, and went over to the scale at the center of the stage. Okay, why is she taking her clothes off, Kat asked, the confusion on her face making me laugh. Clothes have weight, babe. She's making sure she fits in the weight range. Kat's brows furrowed even more, why doesn't she just lose more weight? I'm pretty sure you'd smack a bitch into next week if she said that to you. This is true, but irrelevant. I laughed, no but it's best to weigh as much as possible for the class as it helps you in fights. Body mass and all that. How do you know all this? She asked, looking back at the TV. Jade used to tell me everything she knew about these fights, I mumbled, remembering all the times I'd just listened to her talk so passionately about the topic. Kat just smiled and grabbed the remote, you love to listen to people talk, don't you? I shrugged, there's a lot you can learn, listening to her voice just makes it better. She shook her head and turned up the volume as Zeno left the stage. And now, the former second division champion, Jade West. We watched as Jade walked across the stage, flanked by Beck and Randy, stopping in front of the scale and doing the same as the woman before her, stripping down to her sports bra and underwear. I'm just saying we may need a caution, wet floor sign in just a few minutes. Bite me. She had a smug little smile on her face, choosing not to say anything more. After confirming her weight as 134.5, Jade stepped back off the scale, 
quickly pulling on her jeans and boots before standing in front of her opponent, putting her hands up in a defensive stance for the cameras. Just a few seconds later both women took a step back from each other, shaking hands before parting ways. Beck said there will be a party on Sunday if, when Jade wins tomorrow night. He invited me. I looked over at her as soon as the camera changed from Jade walking off the stage, trying not to look as desperate as I felt over that statement. She smiled, almost knowingly, and Jade wants you to come. Kat looked through her phone a second before showing it to me. We're gonna have a party at Jade's place on Sunday night to celebrate her inevitable victory. You're invited, of course, and Jade wants to know if Tori can go as well. So will you? Kat asked, giving me that smug smile again. I can't believe you're even asking. She just shrugged, I needed to give Beck a definite answer. The party's gonna start around six. He said Andre's gonna grill some burgers and the guys from the gym will probably build an enormous bonfire. Sounds fun. Kat turned off the TV and finished up putting in an order online for a pizza before lying back. I went to a party they threw about two weeks ago, pretty. Much the coolest things ever. I won't explain anything, I'll just let you see for yourself. I smiled, you know, things might be looking up for me. Chapter 10, Stuck Hey Tori. I frowned and ignored her, focusing on my book. Tori. No. Kat almost looked offended, you didn't even hear what I have to say. I sighed heavily and looked at her, all right, what do you want? I want to try X. Go fuck yourself. I had zero patience for this bullshit at the moment, and I was pretty certain it was showing. I didn't really think I had any other option other than snapping at her, it wouldn't go through to her either way. Cat laid down on the couch and groaned, I mean, it's not like you don't have it, right? I got up and went to my kitchen to grab a drink, Cat. I shouldn't even have done it, but I absolutely will not give you anything other than weed. She followed me, still seeming adamant, come on, think about it, we could just do some X, have a little party, forget about things for a while. I turned around, getting right in her face, don't fucking test me. I refuse to be your token stoner friend who gives you whatever you want just because you asked for it. I'm quitting anyway, I don't want this anymore. Find someone else to give you shit that'll fuck up your life. It was silent for a while, with me nearly glaring holes in her and her just standing still. A moment later she just cracked a small smile. Good, step one's complete, now, we toss them. I stepped back and couldn't control the confusion on my face, what? You really think I'm the type? I was seeing how far your control went. I'm here to help you, remember? You never cease to confuse the hell out of me, I mumbled, grabbing a Pepsi from the fridge and going back to the couch. It's my job. Anyway, we've got three hours till Jade's fight, what do you want to do? I looked at my phone and bit my lip, we could, um. Let's go visit my friend, Kat proposed. Who's your friend? Kat took my question as confirmation and started putting on her shoes, his name's Dr. Matthew Anderson. I raised an eyebrow and made no move to get ready myself. She quickly noticed and shook her head, 
he's got a PhD in psychology. I thought you two would get along well. I thought about it for a brief moment before figuring it wouldn't hurt to talk to him. I put on my boots and grabbed a jacket from the closet by the door. Let's go then. Cat pulled into the parking lot of a large building on a college campus, turning off the car and motioning for me to follow her. We entered through the main entrance and went straight to the office. Here to visit Dr. Anderson if he's available? She said to the woman at the desk. She glanced at a piece of paper on her desk, he's still in the building but his last lecture ended a few hours ago. Do you know where his room is? Cat nodded, smiling as the woman handed us two visitors' passes, thank you. She handed one of the passes to me and led me down one hallway, turning a few times before entering a room. It was designed like the usual lecture hall, and a man was sitting at the desk on the far end. Matt. Cat called out to him, waving as he looked up and smiled. He met us halfway and gave Cat a hug, it's good to see you. What brings you here today? I brought a friend to meet you. She has interests in literature, philosophy, and psychology, similar to you, she winked. Dr. Anderson looked at me and offered a smile, extending his hand, very good to meet you. My name's Dr. Matthew Anderson, but you can call me Matt. I smiled back, shaking his hand, my name's Tori. He looked at me carefully a moment before saying quietly, Oh, you've got a lot going on, don't you? Why don't we sit and talk a bit, if you'd like? Um. Yes, Cat answered, ignoring me. Matt pulled up two chairs to his desk and sat down, you know Cat, you can't make someone talk if they don't want to. How about questions? She proposed, looking at me for confirmation. I nodded but didn't say anything. I was doing my best to stay calm, but was gonna give Cat an earful for the interrogation later. Okay, he sat back and crossed his ankle over his knee, let's start at the easiest part, shall we? If you could have any job in the world, what would it be? I bit my lip and thought about it carefully, I'm not entirely sure yet. As you may have gathered from what Cat told you, I'd be interested in using my mind, not just some desk job. So you like things that make you think? I nodded. Matt made a fist with one hand, resting his chin on it, what's your highest level of official education? Middle school. Would you like to go back to school? Yes. The questions continued on and on, until he must have sensed I was at my limit of sharing and he suggested we stop and go get something to eat. Kat checked the time on her phone and frowned, I'm sorry Matt, but we've got something going on in about 45 minutes, can we take a rain check? He smiled, of course, just call me. You ladies have a good night, and it was a pleasure meeting you, Tori. As soon as Kat and I got in the car, she abruptly announced, I want some pizza. Should we order some? I do believe it is necessary, yes. This pizza is pretty much heaven, Kat nearly moaned. I laughed, as much as I love pizza, I don't think I'll ever understand your fascination with it. It's a bachelorette's best friend. But you have a boyfriend. She shook her head, her mouth still full of pizza, I didn't a month ago. 
And you wanna know what I ate when I wasn't being a fucking vulture over Andre's cooking? Pizza. Our next bout is to introduce the former second division champion to the new ranks. One look at this matchup says these women are quite similar, with two inches of height on Zeno and four years younger, Jade West is one of the younger fighters we've had. It's starting. Yes, Kat, I can see that. Don't talk with your mouth full, it's impolite. She just had a stupid little grin on her face. Zeno has it cut out for her tonight. West has been trained by the legendary fighter Randy Pierre and is currently undefeated in her MMA record, with nine wins, no losses, and no draws. A song I couldn't recognize started playing and the cameras switched to a woman and three to four men, plus three security guards keeping the crowd away from her. First to the cage is the challenger in the blue corner, Jessica Zeno, who has a professional record of six wins, three losses, and one draw. And then next after this commercial break. Cat mumbled. They really know how to draw these out. I huffed, sitting back and pulling my legs up to my chest, resting my chin on top. As soon as Jessica was in the cage, I heard the sound of Nico Vega's beast as the cameras panned to Jade, Beck, Randy, Andre, and some other guy I hadn't seen before. Who's the curly-haired one? Kat glanced up from her phone, oh, Robbie? He apparently trained with Jade when she was like 19 or 20. Jade said he quit fighting cause he never could take a punch to the face and just settled for training her. I watched as Jade went through the usual protocol of a search and Vaseline on her eyebrows and cheeks before stepping into the cage. What else has she been up to? Well, I've known her for like a month, maybe two, so I doubt I know more about her than you would. You've known her more recently, I sighed, looking back at the screen to see the cameras panning between the two fighters' trainers outside the cage. Kat got up and refilled her wine glass, oh, she's funny when she's been drinking. Funny how? She laughed, you know all the different types of drunks? The angry, the sad, the flirty, then there's just the funny. She's a funny drunk. Though to be fair, I've only seen her drunk once or twice, incredible tolerance for alcohol. I guess it's just the way her body works. Though don't get me wrong, she can be a real flirt. That so? I mumbled, watching every movement Jade made on the screen. Yeah, kinda how I figured out she's not all vegetarian. I nearly choked on my drink, wiping a bit off my chin and just laughing, what the fuck did you just say? Cat shrugged, laughing as well, vegetarian, you know, gay. I'm surprised you haven't heard that one before. Slang like that doesn't flow well around my little group. Why's that? I tilted my glass around, stirring the soda, it's just not common conversation, doesn't matter. Now, if you want to talk about slang for drugs, I've heard it all. Before we even realized it, on the screen Jade was touching gloves with her opponent and the fight was underway. This didn't seem to bother Kat in the slightest, is there a lot of it? What? I asked, not really paying attention to her. The other woman charged at Jade without hesitation, throwing a couple sloppy punches, something Jade had told me they'd do to mess up their opponent, not actually harm them. 
Jade seemed to be anticipating the onslaught, however, and took the hits easily, clinching the fight and keeping her busy while she set up her own attack. Drug slang, is there a lot of it? I nodded, yeah, a whole shitload. It's almost like they run on one bit of it, then just accommodate whatever they slur in their highs. Yeah, this is what I was saying, but this is what came out of my mouth, so let's say this from now on. Cat laughed, you guys are out of your minds. Fucked right up, and it'd be hard to find a junkie that didn't own up to be in whack. Some may tell you they can quit any time, not actually addicted, but nah, they know when they're screwed. I sighed and shook my head, once you're in, you're done. She looked over, her smile turning into something else, you're talking about yourself, aren't you? I didn't answer. Looking back at the screen, I caught the final moments of the fight when Jade tripped up the other woman and trapped her arm, forcing her into an armbar submission. I smiled a bit and got up, going to the kitchen and refilling my glass, this time with vodka in the mix. When I got back, Kat had already turned the TV off and was typing something on her phone. Don't suppose you got one of those for me? Does it look like it? She cracked a grin and nodded, you gonna tell me what you meant? I picked up a joint and held it between my lips, lighting the tip with an old lighter discarded onto the table. I managed to shake one light out of it before it was done, tossing it as close as I could get it to the trash can, but missing by a few inches. I leaned back and inhaled deeply, waiting until the smoke burned my mouth and my head was in a fog before exhaling. You know, I mumbled, looking over my perfectly rolled joint, the funny thing about all this is no matter how much I want out of this, I'm probably never going to get away. What makes you say that? I chuckled, thing is, when you're in deep like this, the only way you get out is if you end up dead or nobody puts a hit out on you. Cat plucked the joint from my hand and took a hit of her own, so what you're telling me is, you're fucked. And not in a good way, I quipped, managing to get a smile out of her. Leave it to you. Suddenly we heard a buzzing noise coming from the coffee table, my phone, to be exact. I sighed and picked it up, closing my eyes and cursing when I saw who it was. Yeah? Got a package waiting for you behind the warehouse. I rubbed my eyes and exhaled heavily, I can't drive right now, I'm off my fucking face. It wasn't a suggestion. Go get it. You got it, babe, but if I die in a wreck it's on you. He let out a small laugh, full of contempt, you'll be fine. To make it up to you, I'll bring something special back, what do you say? I got up and turned towards my room, motioning to Kat to stay put. What are you offering? How about you don't worry about that? You've got a job, get it done. He hung up and I sighed, tossing the phone onto my bed. I dressed quickly and grabbed my jacket from its place by the door, I'll be back in a bit. You shouldn't be driving, Kat called out. I ignored her, closing and locking the door behind me and heading down to my car. Getting a bit personal, are we, Taylor? The man looked over and gave me a cocky grin, some business best stays in the shadows, don't you think? I checked behind me once more, leaning against the wall, right. What have you got for me? Taylor handed me a brown paper bag, which I immediately stuffed into my pocket. 
got back in touch with one of the old dealers, new shit coming in. Steven said he's bringing more down but wanted you to distribute that while he was away. Never knew him to go up north for gear. Yeah, well, you'd be surprised how limited flights to Miami are right now. Besides, he had to take care of other business. Go on now. My brows furrowed and I shook my head, I can't get this shit out before he gets back. I wasn't asking, love. You owe me, you haven't forgotten so soon, have you? I gritted my teeth and looked away, you're never going to let that go, are you? He shook his head, no. No, I'll hang this one over your head for quite some time. What's it gonna take? Tell you what, you do right by me, and I'll forget what I know. Just like that? Taylor shrugged and turned to walk away, far as you know. I swore under my breath, turning back to my own car. I toyed with the gear, thinking about exactly how screwed I was. After arriving home, Kat had given me one look before telling me when we'd be leaving and letting me go. She never asked questions, and for that I was grateful. I tossed the stuff under my bed and tried to go to sleep. Tori, why does this feel so weird? I don't know, babe. It's that blue shit, isn't it? It's, it's a hot shot. I swear I didn't know. Oh, shut up. I know this isn't you. This is what I get for talking. Grant an old friend a dying wish, would you? What? Fucking end him. Tori. Come on, get out of bed. I sat up and rubbed my eyes, sighing heavily. Cat jumped on my bed and looked at me curiously, are you okay? You look kinda tired. I shook my head and got up, gathering an outfit from various parts of my room, I'm fine, just a bad night. Tell you what, you go shower and I'll do your makeup, okay? If that'll make you feel better. Fucking A, that's a lot of people. Cat grinned, are you surprised? She's popular. She parked on the side of the road a ways from Jade's actual driveway, since there were about 30 other cars up the driveway and along the street. Party like it's a Sunday evening, right? Praise Jesus, she laughed, hopping out of the car and meeting me on the other side to walk across the street. When we got to the door, Beck was already standing there offering us two beers, about time you guys got here. Kat took one and jokingly shoved him with her shoulder, we're exactly on time. Come on then, they're about to light the fire. He led us over to the kitchen and then out the sliding glass door at the far end. We saw far too many people to count hanging around the grill, on the patio, and out in the yard around a massive pile of sticks and debris. Beck pointed in one direction before turning around to talk to Andre, who was tending to some hamburgers and hot dogs on the grill. There's Jade, Cat whispered to me, nodding in the same direction Beck had pointed. Jade was looking as beautiful as always, wearing a pair of jeans and a black t-shirt with the sleeves cut off and the sides cut as well. She had her back to us, watching the guys building the fire, while another man stood next to her with his arm around her. He looked to be pretty muscular, but not too outrageously so. From the few times he looked Jade's way, he had an attractive face as well. I hated that I already felt jealous over him. 
Hey Jade. Cat called out, giving me no option but to follow her the twenty-five or so yards to where Jade was standing. She turned around, first noticing Cat, then smiling when she saw me. The man next to her turned around as well, whispering something to her that made her smack him upside the head. You've been bad again, Marco? Cat laughed. Me? No, never. Jade rolled her eyes and stepped forward to hug me, whispering to me, I'm glad you came. I just smiled back, knowing she could see the blush on my cheeks. A few guys yelling over the almost bonfire caught Jade and Marco's attention long enough for me to catch Kat's attention and nod over to Marco, silently asking her who he was. She just gave me a shit-eating grin before asking him, Hey Marco, where's your boyfriend? He turned back around momentarily, he's been helping build the bonfire. It's like they're trying to make it as big as possible, Jade grunted. Bunchasai's queens, I'm telling you, Marco chuckled. Kat smiled and tilted her head, there's a bit of truth to every stereotype, don't you think? Jade. One of the guys from the bonfire called over, come give us a hand would you? We followed her over to the pile and the same guy as before asked her in an accent I clearly recognized as Australian, how'd you reckon we light this? Empty boxes. Stick them and then light small bits on the outside, all around. They proceeded to do exactly that, with four men lighting about eight boxes all around the pile, waiting a few seconds before it erupted in flames. Jade just smirked and stepped back, told you. We stood around watching the fire for a bit before I heard a familiar voice behind me that chilled my blood, hey giggles, didn't expect to see you here. Flashback. Tori, this is Deontay, he's a very good friend of mine. I looked up at the well-built black man and just giggled, still pinned after a hit, hey there. What's up with giggles here? First time? Stephen shook his head, nah, just what she does. Deontay here can get you anything you want, and you trust him with your life, you hear? He deals? I will if I get a decent offer. I'm more of a sort of enforcer. Essentially he's the one that gets rid of the people who talk or get out of line. I smiled and shrugged, I won't get on your bad side then. End of flashback. My heart sank. Deontay. Chapter 11, I Hate You. I hated the sick feeling in my gut when I saw him. He smiled at me as if we were old buddies, his eyes giving off the subtle hint to meet him halfway as to keep a reasonable distance from the others. He hugged me when I got close enough, giving me an all-around awful feeling. Deontay wasn't an affectionate man by any means, and certainly never towards me. You're one of the last people I expected to see here, he told me, his smile unwavering. I had to think quickly. I knew he was still talking to Stephen and was still loyal to him. Stephen had no idea who Jade was, or of my history with her, and I was terrified of what would happen if he found out. Yeah, my friend Kat, I pointed over to her, I'm dating Beck. She invited me, and I had nothing better to do tonight. Deontay raised his eyebrows slightly, that's not what I've heard. And what have you heard? I asked, not showing any signs of the fear that was slowly wrapping itself around my heart. 
one thing I'd picked up over the years is to never show a sign of weakness. It's silly, but it's always something that can be used against you. Word is you got a fresh set of gear. I bit my lip to keep myself from sighing in relief that he brought up the drugs and not my relationship with Jade. I nodded, yeah, you heard right. He nodded as well, well, listen, I've got a few guys lined up waiting for their fix. What do you say we trade favors? What do you have in mind? Information. I furrowed my eyebrows, what kind of information? He shifted his weight and smiled again, glancing behind me at where I assumed the others were still standing, seems like you've got a pretty solid line to Beck. Maybe, I responded, still unsure, what's he got? Tip-off says he may know a little more than is, safe. I crossed my arms, all right, quit pussyfooting around it. Tell me what you want to know. You got 50 grand from him in a very short amount of time. What does he know that prompted him to give it to you? Suddenly I heard Stephen's voice in my head, never give up what you know unless you're getting something in return. Information is invaluable, always remember that. Who's to say you won't just hear me out then back out of the deal? He gave me another smile, one he would give to a good friend who had just said something stupid. He lowered his voice dangerously, I'd suggest you trust me, or this won't turn out well for you. I cursed to myself, sighing, I told Kat I was in trouble with drug money and was afraid of what might happen if I didn't pay. I didn't give her any details, no names, nothing. I said it how it was. Since she's still paying off college debts, obviously she doesn't have much money either, so she called Beck. I highly doubt he knows any more than she does, which isn't enough to get anyone in trouble. Deontay nodded, looking beyond me to the fire, not bothering to look me in the eye as he responded, you know what happens when you talk. I'm sure I don't have to remind you. The slight change in his posture was enough to tighten his shirt near his waist, showing the faint outline of the concealed gun he always carried. You have nothing to worry about, I assured him. Be at the warehouse tomorrow night at 11, sharp. Bring what he gave you, don't bother cutting it until tomorrow night. Usual measurements, you know the drill. Happen to check how many fits there were? I recalled the previous night when I looked through what I was given, which included a couple dozen syringes, about twenty-four. Bring those too. I'll be there, don't be late. He walked off, going to speak to some other guys. I sighed heavily and walked back over to where Kat and Jade were standing watching the fire. Both gave me confused looks. I just shook my head and smiled, when are we eating? The last time I caught a glimpse at a clock it was around three in the morning, the party had thinned out significantly, with most driving home before getting too hammered to be able to. I found Jade sitting with Kat and Beck, who were trashed and making out, along with Randy, Marco, and Jake, the apparent boyfriend of Marco and the one with the Aussie accent. I watched as Jake stood up, keys in hand, heading for the door. Simply by the way he walked, I knew he was drunk and was curious why he was even attempting to drive, and why the others were letting him. My question was quickly answered when Marco and Randy jumped up after him, Randy grabbing onto him while Marco tried to get the keys out of his hand. 
Jake managed to wrestle out of Randy's grip and tried to push Marco aside, loudly exclaiming that he was perfectly capable of driving. In response to this, Marco dodged another attempt at a shove and decked him, knocking him unconscious. Jade rolled her eyes, get him cleaned up and take him to bed. Marco, stay with him, you're drunk too. In an impressive show of strength, he lifted up his unconscious boyfriend and took him upstairs. Randy had the same light-hearted smile as always and gestured for me to sit down, as he took back his place on the other side of Jade, who just took a sip of her beer with an amused smile. She took one look at my curious expression and answered my silent question, it's an unspoken rule that you do whatever you need to to make sure nobody drives while inebriated. Which is why you just witnessed Marco lay out his own boyfriend. Kind of the reason parties are always at my place. Plenty of space for people to crash if they can't drive, Jade continued. Jade's phone, which was on the table, lit up with a text notification. As she checked it, Randy elaborated, it's also a rule that if you do drive home, you're to tell the host as soon as you arrive home safely, with proof. I think the funniest one was when Davy's girlfriend sent Jade a text letting her know he was home, with a picture of him completely unconscious backwards on the bed. I don't know, my favorite was when Paul tried to send a photo of his bed and accidentally sent a photo of his ass, Jade started laughing hysterically. I burst out laughing as well, how the fuck did that happen? He forgot the camera was on the front-facing one, and caught the mirror in the background letting me know that not only was he home, but naked as well. I still say it was intentional, Randy joked. Jade shrugged, if it were he would have sent something better. Randy's eyebrows raised and he chuckled, tilting his near-empty bottle towards her, point taken. Beck and Kat both got up and headed towards the stairs, leaving only Jade, Randy, and I along with two guys passed out on the couch. As soon as he finished his beer, he set down the bottle on the coffee table and stood up, stretching and offering hands to both Jade and I to help us up. I'm off to bed, I think you two should go as well. Jade led me upstairs, past the other rec room at the top of the stairs, where at least four other people crashed on the couches. She turned on the light of the only room with an open door. I assumed the rest were already occupied. I went into the room and took my keys, phone, and wallet out of my pockets, putting the items on the bedside table. I heard the door click shut behind me and glanced back, seeing Jade was still in the room. She was leaning on the door, her bottom lip trapped between her teeth and her eyes focused on nothing in particular. Who was he? I couldn't help my confusion at her question. With however many beers I had consumed, I lost count, my brain wasn't working quite the way it should have been. What? She seemed irritated having to repeat the question, when you first got here, the big muscular black guy you talked to, who was he? It started to click what she was asking and what kind of answer she wanted. An answer I knew I wasn't supposed to give her. I can't tell you. Yeah, you can. I don't know what it was, be it the tone of her voice or the intensity in her eyes, something made me start talking, he works for Steven's gang. I've known him for a long time. Why was he talking to you here? Jade, I get that you're curious, 
but at least respect that I know how much is safe to share and what information gets people killed. I'm not curious, I ha fuck, she sighed and pinched the bridge of her nose. In the blink of an eye she was standing right in front of me, her eyes gazing into my own with a look I hadn't seen in years. I'm not curious, Tori. I'm afraid. I don't want you getting hurt. I've told you before I'd do anything to keep you safe. It's been who the fuck knows how long, but it's still true. Flashback. You know what scares me? Jade tucked a few strands of hair behind my ear with a small smirk, quite a few things. You're afraid of the dark, spiders, clowns, ghosts, holes. I smacked her arm playfully, but couldn't keep from smiling, that's not what I meant, though I am surprised you remembered. I'm offended that you think I'd forget anything about you. But okay, what scares you? I'm scared that there will be a time when I can't have this whenever I want, as selfish as that sounds. I frowned at the awful way I worded the statement, but she just smiled at me. What do you mean? I cuddled up closer to her, surrounding myself in her. Her scent, her warmth, her love. I'm afraid that there might be a point where I won't be able to just lose myself in you. Just forgetting everything other than you even exists. You make me feel safe. She just held on to me tighter, you know I'd die to protect you. End of flashback. Why do you care? I couldn't stop myself before the question slipped out. Jade seemed unfazed by it, however, her jaw tightening, what, you think just because you walked out on me in one of the most vulnerable moments of my life that I'd suddenly stop caring about you? Yeah, I fucking hated you for years, I hated you, I hated the way you still made me feel, I hated the way I still heard your voice whispering to me at night, I hated the way I had nightmares more nights than not when I'd see your face again as you looked me in the eye and told me you never felt anything for me, how you didn't love me and there was never anything between us. There were tears in her eyes and her voice was breaking, her fists balled up so tight the muscles in her arms were tensed. Her words sliced through me like a thousand knives, her pain as clear as day. I opened my mouth to speak but she just held up a finger, giving me an intense look, I'm not finished. I nodded, wiping the tears already escaping the corners of my eyes. You know, I tried so fucking hard to forget you. I threw myself into my training, working so hard that I didn't have enough energy to think about anything else. But you know what? You still found a way to slip into my mind. I mastered so many disciplines, keeping myself busy, doing whatever I could to keep you off my mind. My trainer in Japan caught on to my intensity, my passion for the art, and knew there was something deeper driving me to train. As hard as I did. He taught me a method of meditation to clear my mind of negative thoughts and my body of negative energy. Part of it was forgetting what made you so upset and remembering what made you happy. She wiped a single tear from the corner of her eye and smiled, a sad smile, I still thought about you. I remembered what it felt like being with you, our late-night conversations, the way you'd smile at me, how your body felt against mine when you cuddled with me at night or while we watched movies. Jade stepped closer to me, her breathing heavy and her eyes gazing into my own, you. You sparked every emotion imaginable in me. When you left I forgot how to feel anything, and then I hated you, and then I missed you. 
And then Kat walks into my fucking house during my training and says your name and my heart bursts into fire, and suddenly that intense passion floods through me again and I remembered why I hated you so much. It wasn't because of what you did to me, not entirely. I hated you so fucking much because I couldn't stand the fact I was still in love with you after everything you put me through. And you know what's even worse? I shook my head, too stunned to speak. Everything's made worse because I still love you. I've been filled in with your story as of late, through hounding Cat for information. I hate the idea of another person being able to touch you the way I used to. And yeah, I'll fucking admit it, I wish I was the one that could be with you, but even that's fucked because when I think about being with you, it always ends with me remembering that the only time I ever had you, you walked away from me. I fi finally found my voice and took a step forward, the space left between us being minuscule. At that point we were both just screaming at each other, unloading all of our frustration, I didn't have a fucking choice. I was fucking terrified, Jade. I thought my mom would disown me if she found out, I ran. Because I was so scared of losing so much, but you know what? My choice made me lose everything. I cried for days over you, missing you, still haunted by that look on your face. And you know why I said what I did? I was trying to make it easier, break the connection. I told you I never loved you and I told you that you never meant anything to me, but that couldn't be further from the truth. You were everything to me, I loved you more than I thought was even possible, and it tore me apart. I turned to drugs just to try to forget you, but you were still all I thought about. Even while off my face on LSD, my hallucinations were nothing but you. You, your face, your scent, your voice, you were all around me. And you want to know what else? Every single time someone else touches me, I always imagine it's you because the thought of being with anyone else makes me fucking sick. You didn't have to leave me. She shouted back, we could have worked through it together and saved ourselves all this pain. I would have been there for you, you know that. Yeah, I do. I do now. I didn't know it then. I've regretted my choice every single day. I still love you, Jade, and I am MPH. It took me a second to even realize why I wasn't able to speak any longer, but my still slightly inebriated brain began to process the two warm hands on either side of my neck, the two thumbs on my cheeks. Even more distinct was the exhilarating sensation of Jade's lips pressed against my own. There were butterflies the size of eagles having a rave in my stomach as I was reminded so clearly why I had an obsession with kissing Jade so many years ago. My hands quickly grabbed her waist on the lowest bit of skin the cuts in her shirt allowed and I kissed her back with as much passion as she was giving me. Her kiss felt like a shot of pure heroin as her lips moved like another language spoken so eloquently against my own. Much to my displeasure, she pulled back, gazing at me intently, her tongue darting out to lick her lips. She didn't step back or remove her hands. She simply looked at me as if she wasn't sure if she had crossed a line. I smiled softly, holding her just a bit tighter to assure her that what she had done was perfectly okay. You don't know how long I've been waiting to do that, she whispered. Probably as long as I have, I smiled a bit wider, my thumbs stroking her waist, feeling the small bumps forming on her skin. Jade smiled as well, 
one of her hands moving further towards my face, her thumb tracing along my lower lip, so what happens now? You know I hate plans, I reminded her. It only took a few seconds more before I gave up on holding back and hugged her, the considerable height difference allowing me to simply tuck my head under her chin and listen to her heartbeat, which sounded nearly as erratic as my own. Being in her arms again felt amazing, to say the least. All I know is I never want to lose you again. She sighed, running her fingers through my hair, I want to be with you, she admitted, like we used to. But I don't want to rush into it. I pulled back a bit to smile at her, whatever you want. Though I do have one request. And what's that? She asked, seeming curious. I smiled wider, the same smile I used to give her when I'd tell her a cheesy joke or say something silly, I want to cuddle with you, like, a lot. Jade made a quiet humming noise, smiling, I think that can be arranged. She leaned down and kissed me again, and I could have sworn right then and there, with my heart going crazy and a huge smile on my face, that everything was going to be okay.